It has been said that there are five stages of grief. Six if you include whatever stage Nickelback is playing on tonight. The legendary Dave Grohl once tweeted that if you played a Nickelback song backwards, you'll hear music from the devil. And it's even worse if you play the song forwards because then you'll hear Nickelback. How did Nickelback become so hated? And do they deserve it? Hmm. This is Dumb People with Terrible Ideas. I'm your host, Eric Gray. There shouldn't be any shame. I love Nickelback. And if you do too, you can say it. I love Nickelback. And like, honestly, they've been huge in our lives. Like, the song How You Remind Me helped get us through Dylan's parents' divorce. Your platinum-voiced narrator takes no joy in featuring Nickelback, a band that I've enjoyed at times in my life and have even voluntarily paid money to see play live. And you probably have too because they have sold a massive amount of music. Their songs, Sound of Red State Rock and Roll Rebellion, saturated with sordid stories of strippers, sex, prostitutes, and party liquor. And these songs have been mocked as being enjoyed only by the types of folks that believe a seven-course meal is a possum and a six-pack. Their lyrics sound like a Mad Lib created by a person who just learned the English language yesterday. Verbatim, here's a sample of those lyrics. That shit makes me batshit crazy. We've got no fear, no doubt, all in, balls out. I've got a fistful of whiskey. Let's walk. Let's talk. It's too bad. It's stupid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. I'll have the quesadilla. What the hell is on Joey's head? Get your hands off of this glass. Last call, my ass. Why's my wallet in the yard? Who's coming with me to kick a hole in the sky? I love the whiskey. Let's drink that shit till it's dry. Nickelback lyrics read like goddamn Maya Angelou. And let's don't forget the time-honored lyric, I want a bathroom I can play baseball in. Which is only marginally better than singing that you long to take a shit on a sports field. Nickelback has also done a few cover songs, too. Great songs such as Don Henley's Dirty Laundry, which includes the lyrics, Is the Head Dead Yet? And Charlie Daniels' The Devil Went Down to Georgia, which includes, Boy, Let Me Tell You What? And Chickens in the Bread Pan Picking Out Dough. Even when Nickelback borrows lyrics, they pick the ones that sound stupid. Think of your least favorite song or band on the planet Earth. Now, 
Imagine being forced to listen to said song or band while you're being hauled off to jail. That is apparently the idea behind, fair to say, a, an unusual plan in one Canadian town to stop people from drinking and driving. Officers there have now said that they promised to blast Nickelback songs following your arrest. Nickelback has a problem that only a few other bands can really relate to. Their music is not bad. I mean, if it was, they wouldn't have sold 50 million albums. Their problem is that they got too big, too quickly, and stayed there too long. And Americans love nothing more than taking someone down a peg for getting too big for their britches. It was the problem that disco had 50 years ago. Hootie and the Blowfish had 30 years ago. Coldplay had this problem 10 years ago, and Imagine Dragons has it now. Ed Sheeran might develop it next year when he finally hits puberty. Tom Cruise, he's had it since eyes wide shut and dealt with it successfully while Val Kilmer never came back from it. It's just enormous mainstream success very quickly seems to inspire people to tear down whatever is mainstream successful. And with Nickelback, who has some of the most played songs of the last 20 years, their struggle with the fickleness of fame is complicated by one distinct problem that applies to them especially. They are a rock band a genre that has fallen out of favor with the most recent generation of music lovers. Nickelback could be the greatest rock band ever, and based upon album sales alone, they are surely in contention at least for the past two decades. But they stand out like the biggest fax machine in an era when no one wants a fax machine. Or the best Blackberry in an era when everyone prefers an iPhone. In fact, rock has become such a dying genre in pop music that there hasn't been a number one rock song on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in 20 years. The last rock band to hit number one? Nickelback. That shit makes me batshit crazy. We've got no fear, no doubt. All in, it's too bad, it's stupid. Balls out. Balls out. Have the quesadilla. What the hell is on Joey's head? Why's my wallet in the yard? On September 11th, 2001. The worst tragedy in our nation's history took place as Nickelback released their third album. And in response, Osama bin Laden flew planes into buildings. Their song, How You Remind Me, was a monster number one hit and was the most played song for an entire year after its release. You could turn on the radio, hear it, change the station, hear it again, and just play musical hopscotch up and down the dial. Just trying to hear a different song, but you couldn't because this song was everywhere. This was not an accident. The lead singer of Nickelback, 
Chad Kruger, a man with the last name of a supermarket chain and the first name of an asshole, said that in 2001, he started, quote, studying every piece, everything sonically, everything lyrically, everything musically, chord structure. I would dissect every single song that I would hear on the radio or every song that had ever done well on a chart. And I would say, why did this do well? It wasn't creating art. It was creating a product. And this has happened in rock and roll before. In the 1970s, a middling Texas rock band had a few hits here and there, a reasonable but not enormous amount of success, and that rock band did the same thing, studied the popular music of the time, listened to thousands of songs, breaking them down by tempo and chord structure, and they changed their music to fit the prevailing tastes. That band, in the 1980s, took off faster than a knife fight in a phone booth with a string of hits that cemented them also as one of the greatest rock bands of that era. That band was ZZ Top. So it only makes complete sense that when Nickelback needed a few extra vocals on one of their songs, they recruited the lead singer of ZZ Top to help out. He's the one that says the legendary I'll have a quesadilla lyric. You don't have to reinvent songwriting to have a hit record. You just need to study what other people have done and do the same thing. Which is why every popular Nickelback song sounds like the same song. Sometimes we don't want a lobster dinner or a prime rib. That's why Burger Shack, Big Macs and Nickelback exist. We don't always want the best or the most interesting or the most innovative. They are to rock music as Gallagher is to comedy. They have one trick that they do very well. Only Gallagher smashes watermelons and Nickelback sings about fucking. It's not complicated and it's not very advanced or musically difficult or challenging to play. Here's a joke among musicians. What is the difference between a rock band and a jazz band? A rock band plays four chords to 400 people. A jazz band plays 400 chords to four people. Never made it as a wise man. I couldn't cut it as a poor man stealing. To see the signs that we missed We tried to turn the table This is where I grew up I think the present only fixed it up I never knew we ever went without The second floor is like a sneaking up And this is where you
Listen to that consistency. Couldn't be more perfectly alike if they had created it with mathematical precision in a NASA laboratory. And while the lyrics on each song do sound like Chad Kruger ate a box of Scrabble tiles and sang whatever words he pooped out, you can't say it lacks talent. In fact, it's catchy as hell, even if it is the same song done a dozen times. In 2009, Billboard magazine named Nickelback the most successful rock band of the decade. Only four years later, in 2013, Rolling Stone readers voted them as the second worst band of the 90s. They went from the penthouse to the outhouse in only four years. And it was due to, sure, a cookie-cutter approach to music making, but also just overexposure. These motherfuckers were everywhere. Nickelback? Hell, the world said. How about you take them all back? The Detroit Lions are an unbelievably bad American football team. They are the Billy Graham of sports because they regularly make 70,000 people stand up on Sunday and yell, Jesus Christ! Their football field is replanted every season because even their own grass won't root for them. And when the Detroit Lions played their annual game on Thanksgiving Day, Nickelback was announced as the halftime entertainment. Detroit fans were pissed. Over 55,000 supporters signed a petition to prevent them from performing at the game. Undeterred, Nickelback took the stage anyway, and the Detroit Lions fans, a group of people so used to bad entertainment that they purchased Detroit Lions tickets for heaven's sake, booed the band off the stage after just one song. It was even worse for the band at a concert in Portugal. Have we got any Nickelback fans in Portugal? Are you sure? Up to you. You guys want to hear some rock and roll or you want to go home? And on the YouTube video right here, Chad Kruger takes a massive rock to the side of his skull from an audience member. See ya. Yeah, so Nickelback quit their Portugal concert during their second song because the crowd was trying to murder them. And no musician deserves to take that sort of abuse. Not even if it's the guy that tried to rhyme the phrase paperback novel with Hollywood horror. The YouTube video is brutal. Man, that rock, brick, whatever it was, was harder than Uncle Touchy at his Alabama family reunion. Chad Kruger may never have made it as a wise man, but leaving the stage under that type of abuse was one of several smart moves I'd say he's made. Critics, cynics, and bullshitters might say that Nickelback is like Mount Rushmore. Four men of rock that can't make music. 
But if you for a moment have ever ridiculed Nickelback, then take a moment to remember if you ever liked or bought their songs once. Any campfire guitarist that hasn't strummed the song Rockstar hasn't truly lived. Nickelback isn't really the subject of this episode. It's music fans, really, myself included. People who shelled out millions of dollars for CDs they ridicule and concerts they pretend to never have attended. Nickelback's pretty cool, man. Let's see how Cardi B is doing after 20 years, shall we? Thanks for listening to season two, episode whatever, I don't know. Eight, I think, ten, I don't know. Of Dumb People with Terrible Ideas on Nickelback. This podcast is produced and performed by Eric Gray. The website's up, it's humming, it's popping. If you'd like some bonus content, just go to ericexplains.com and sign up for the email list. That's Eric Explains, E-R-I-C, explains.com. And thanks for listening.